Yo and hello! Welcome back to Podcast Free Roscoe. I'm Sammy. And I'm Jody. And we're wondering. Do you remember Radio Free Roscoe? We sure hope you do. How did you get to episode 24 of this thing and you don't know what it is? How did you get in my house? (laughs) Get out of here. So, what episode are we looking at today? Well, Sammy, this week we're looking at season 1, episode 24, More Than a Single. More than a single. If if you didn't do it, I was gonna, so I'm not mad about that. <laughs> this first aired March 12th, 2004. It was written by Steve Levine and Greg Eckler. Uh, Greg Eckler also has writing credits for shows like Little Mosque on the Prairie and The Rick Mercer Report. Oh. A Canadian classic. Yeah. And it was directed by Stacey Stewart Curtis. Cool. Um, no new guest stars for this one, but we are blessed with um, a lot of our recurring faves. We've got Kim, Audrey, Ed, and Ted in this yeah. episode. What a what a crew! We got the whole school in here, except for wow. you know the principal himself. So it's good up. <laughs> so many students to not go to class and to hang out on mysterious lounge chairs and listen to boomboxes. Yes, man. Sometimes I wish I could go back to high school, but just for. <laughs> Just for the hanging out with friends parts, but I think it's also I'm just generally miss hanging out with friends. <laughs> when the social lack of social interaction hits enough that you want to be in high school again. Yeah, that's when you know it's bad. The nannies will make their first debut appearance this Saturday. Unfortunately, tickets are by invitation only. Yeah, that's right. It's at the Leibowitz Bar Mitzvah, and I hear Rabbi Kliegerman is presiding. We start off in the radio station where Lily is hosting New Music Week. She's basically been playing new music all week, trying to feature some new artists, and it's, you know, super cool initiative. Question mark puts it out there. I wonder if we'll get some new music by Shady Lane. And it totally throws Lily off, and she kind of freaks out and says, You just don't walk across the street and get a single. I mean, do you have a single? A single takes time. It takes money. I, I know. I just, I thought... I don't uh, have any time. When am I ever going to find time to cut a single? She just kind of freaks out and, and leaves. Um, but not before we get a Travisism where he, where she says that, you know, she doesn't have time to cut a single and he says, oh, it's not so much time as how much you harness it. Uh, <laughs> I screwed that up, but that's the gist of it. I'm good at wisdoms, as you know. No, I, I wonder if that opens us up and, and maybe, you know, we could just leave this as a Travis proverb, but does that leave us to the possibility of time travel travis <gasps> time travis time travis he's a time travis there's so many possibilities for travis strong when the cougar football team went to logan they had nine buses packed with supporters the debating team fans fit comfortably into an austin mini we next pop over to the cafeteria the next day where kim is broadcasting over cougar radio and she's actually making a pretty good point she's you know, annoyed that people don't care as much about debate club. I had a pretty sizable debate club at Bishop Carroll, and I briefly, briefly thought about joining it, but I joined the speech club instead, which is somehow even nerdier than the debate club, because you don't go debate people. You just go up and read speeches, and a bunch of bored parents judge you on it, and you have some mysterious hors d'oeuvres and then you might get a medal and uh you're really selling it i know i mean if if i were a parent i would love to just go and get to judge some 15 year olds (laughs) (laughs) just roast them 
Yeah. I remember once, it's funny, I didn't get it at the time, but looking in retrospect, uh, one time uh, one of the speech competitions was won by an anti-vaxxer. Oh, boy. <laughs> like, her speech was about Gardasil and the side effects of Gardasil. Oh. And, yeah, she ended up winning. Oh, boy. But yeah, so I can I can relate to uh, to what Kim is saying. We were a tiny but mighty speech club, and we just talked about stuff. See, I never did speech, but I did do um, spoken word poetry in high school. Yes, and that was like an even smaller, but maybe maybe less mighty group of people, <laughs> a, a small and and timid front. <laughs> Oh. You know, she does have a point. The debating team should have at least enough fans to fill a minivan. So the gang is listening in, in the cafeteria, and, and Robbie's kind of kind of vibing. He, he gets what Kim's saying. He, he supports it. Um, and everyone thinks he's crazy. Ray obviously roasts him for agreeing with, uh, with Kim. And then Robbie's like, oh, I, I forgot my, my history textbook. And um, Lily says, you don't have history until after lunch. Which, like, why are they in the cafeteria? Yeah. If if this is not lunch. Why do they hang out in this cafeteria so much? He fakes this um, kind of distraction to go meet up with Kim and tell her that he, he agrees. And he, he likes where she's coming from. And she's like, oh, thanks, Robbie. That means a lot. But then her friends kind of appear behind her and you can hear somebody <laughs> in the background go, who is that? Yeah, just this one clear voice. Thanks, Robbie. That means a lot. You've got good taste in broadcasters. Who is that? I mean, not that I need validation from a ninth grader. And then suddenly they've got like a full crowd of people behind them, of like people coming up behind Kim, people coming up behind Robbie. And they realize they've got eyes on them. So they go into like a little snipe fest back and forth. With a whole crowd kind of ooing and aahing the whole time. Yeah, just roasting each other. Uh, with a charming personality like that, it's hard to believe your debating team has no fans. At least I have a personality. So Kim and Robbie have this weird kind of public tiff because they still can't acknowledge that they're friends and possibly more in front of other people. And uh, Kim sort of like wins the fight and leaves Robbie in the hallway looking... Side note, I can't hear the word TIFF without thinking of the Toronto International Film Festival. International Film Festival, yeah. So it just sounds like Kim they and had a film festival. They have a film festival in the high school. Right there. It's just a spontaneous film festival. It's the next level after Flash Mobs is spontaneous film festival. Oh, I, I like that. I like the idea. Hey, Audrey. I can't talk. I gotta return this book to the library for class and see you later. Hi, Lily. Hi. Hey, remember how Audrey and Travis are dating? Because they're they're <laughs> dating, and they have been for I think like seven episodes now, something like that. But we just haven't talked. No, nobody's brought it up. It was just assumed that after weird Tra Travis's weird alien thing, that it worked and they're together. But I guess they're still together. <laughs> Lily's like, "What's up? It seems like you guys aren't spending time together." And Travis points out Audrey has her art stuff, and he has RFR. And Lily kind of, you know, takes his proverb about time and harnessing time and kind of gives it back to him. And he's like, oh, okay. Meanwhile, Lily's got like a little like disc man and is listening to um, these submissions for her like new music week. 
and uh, she's not too impressed, but <laughs> realized that the the second one that she listens to is Entropy, our our Ed and Ted fame. The show is so good with like throwbacks. It's it's <laughs> it so makes good. Me so happy. I I want that song to be featured. Right? I want a copy uh, of it. Put it on Spotify, you cowards. Give us a release of like Lily's songs and the Entropy song, and just like yeah. I want to listen to recordings of all these. Are you kidding me? You're starting to sound like the petitions that are like, I demand the show to be on yes. at this time. I require a DVD mm-hmm. release of the full series plus bonus features. Exactly. Oh, yeah. No, I'm going to start a change.org petition that says, I require <laughs> the recorded versions of all of Lily Randall's songs from Podcast Free Roscoe and any adjacent Ed and Ted songs. Well, I mean, the, this is a good time to mention that there wasn't ever really a, a big home media release for Radio Free Roscoe. There was one, like, best of DVD. Yeah, that, which is on my shelf. Yes. That, I found it at Zeller's for three bucks. <laughs> Sammy owns a copy of that she found at Zeller's. Um, Zeller's. I also spotted it um, years ago now at a shopper's here in London in, like, oh, their, their budget movie bin. Radio Free Roscoe aside, the gems that I have found in the depths of Giant Tiger, priceless. Oh. Yeah. But also priced $3. <laughs> That's very good and very true. Didn't they also have, like, I feel like there actually was an RFR CD or something at some point. Radio Furiosco Volume 1 is the soundtrack, released March 1st, 2005. It's just kind of songs that were prominently um, featured in the show. There's got to be some Planet Smashers on there, right? I don't think there's any planets. <gasps> I wonder if, uh, you know, like the ska era of RFR season one. Say it ain't so. Yeah, we'll have to keep a ska watch and uh, look at these, these squa- the ska quota. <laughs> Working at the ska watch. <laughs> I got like 90 more CDs to screen. Are you sure you're not immersing yourself in other people's work to avoid doing your own? Well, Dr. Freud, your analysis might be right, but it doesn't matter anyway. Lily is sifting through singles, um, and Travis kind of continues to push the idea that Robbie planted that, you know, Lily should submit a single, and she should put her music out there. And she's like, I I don't have the resources for that. And he's like, well, what if you did? She's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, just be ready to record after the show. (laughs) Burn off your fingerprints and get your passport. I didn't realize you knew how to record a professional single. My uncle used to have a little studio. I've been watching him mix tracks since I was eight. We pop over to the station where Travis somehow has all this audio gear, because of course he does. And he also knows how to produce from watching his uncle produce when he was like eight years old. You know how you learn a skill. (laughs) You know how, how you watch your uncle do it once. Yeah, and then you're like, I got it. I think that only applies to, like, opening a beer. <laughs> I don't yeah. think that applies to producing music. Yeah, music production. Unless you are a time Travis, and you can just kind of, like, almost, like, Groundhog Day it, where you get really good at a skill by watching little bits at a time. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's what it is. And he's got, like, uh, they're recording it on his, like, chunky orange Mac laptop. <laughs> Which we've You're seen obsessed before, with that love. laptop. I know. You know, I kind of feel like 
you know, we've got like what the Motorola Razor coming back. I feel like that would be an interesting design choice for Apple to go like retro <laughs> for their next MacBook. Just for Sammy. Just, just for me. She wants it to just be colorful. I do. Although I I do like my MacBook the way it is now, but they're getting <laughs> they're getting too small. I tell you, I just want something chunky and colorful. Because I'm a child. You you um, can have the chunky MacBook, but it's going to have the specs of a 2003 MacBook. Oh, God. No, that's a good point. You guys are producing a single? You need, like, a roadie or some security or anything? I've always wanted one of those t-shirts that say staff. Oh, I know. I could sing backup. They wrap up uh, the RFR broadcast, and Robbie and Ray get ready to leave because Travis and Lily are going to record. And Ray really wants to be a part of it. And Lily's kind of like, no, Ray, just get out of here and stuff. And Ray's like, all right, all right, I deserve it. And he, like, goes to, like, hold his arm out for Lily to punch it. But Lily's distracted and it's just like, oh. It's, a, it's such, like, a sad, weird rejection. You're like, oh, yeah. he just wanted a, a punch. <laughs> he just wanted her to punch him. It's, it's strange, but it's sweet in context. In context, yeah. And then we get this great montage of Lily and Travis trying to record the single. You know, they're going through take after take and trying things out. And we get like one little clip of Ray trying to like, you know, muscle in with a tambourine. And uh, the montage ends when Travis has the CD and like Lily's conked out on the couch. But they're done. They've got a single and we got a fun montage out of it. You guys listen to oh, your fantastic new single. What else? I can't believe you let them listen to it without asking me first. Yeah, I can't believe you did that. I wouldn't talk to him for like the rest of the week. So we go back to the stairs where the four of them always hang out. They're always just taking up this one staircase, <laughs> so no one can use it. And uh, there, there's no way they would get away with that for so long. Like my my friends and I, we would usually eat lunch in the stairwells because the cafeteria was was just so loud and full of people. And you can't sit in a stairwell for very long without somebody being like, "That's a fire hazard. Get out." Yeah. God, that's so true. Like, I remember people trying to, like, hang out in the stairwells of my school. And I remember it might have just been a rumor, but, like, the chaplain, like, catching people, like, fooling around in the stairwells and stuff. Like With us, it was the, the catwalks above our theater. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had, like, little music practice rooms that they eventually had to, like, just, like, ban from people using them because people would just go and hook up in them. Oh, definitely. <laughs> the band geeks just getting it. That's that's how it is. <laughs> um, so, anywho, they're hanging out on the staircase. Travis is showing them the single. And, you know, Robbie loves it. Ray's like, yeah, it's fine. He's clearly getting, like, super jealous of Travis and Lily getting to spend time together. Lily comes uh, and finds out that Travis is showing the single and she's kind of mad at first and then she listens to it and she's blown away by it too. And so she's really grateful to Travis and she's like, let's walk and talk. And they go to keep talking about the single and Ray kind of shouts after them like his attempt at a Travis proverb. Hide not your talents, they for use were made. What's a sundial in the shade? Uh, to which Robbie says, what are you doing? You can't compete with Travis. Well, and, and I will say, like, it's clear that Ray's actually, like, put some time into this, that he's been, like, thinking about, like, trying to come up with quotes and proverbs, because that, that's, like, a, a Ben Franklin quote that he says. 
Oh, really? Yeah, it's it's an actual quote. He says, uh, hide not your talents for use they're made. What's a sundial in the shade or something like that? That's so sweet. Yeah, oh. which is actually uh, a very nice quote. And as far as I can tell, it's it's uh, Benjamin Franklin. Oh, Ray's been using Ask Jeeves. He's or... been researching. He's probably got like a little like list in his pocket. You know, Ray's kind of determined to not break up Travis and Lily, but just, you know, make sure that she doesn't forget him. In, but also break the, up Travis and Lily. But also break up Travis and Lily, because it's Ray. Come on. You know, McGrath, I was thinking about that crowd we drew yesterday, and I was thinking that I could... Debate me on air? So we go to Robbie at his locker, and Kim approaches him, and she talks about the little kind of fight spat argument thing that they had in front of everyone the other day, and they've both come to the conclusion that it would be good radio. All right, I'll admit it. If I heard this first, I probably would have been too critical, but, um... I guess that makes you right. But no more surprises, okay? Yeah, yeah. No more surprises. We're back in the cafeteria again, and Lily's still listening to the single, and Ray's like, yeah, well, you know what? The, you know, it's not about the production. It's about Lily's raw lyrics trying to downplay Travis's assistance in the situation. And then he goes on, like, trying to deliver another quote and a thomas wolf quote we get this cute moment where he's fumbling so he kind of looks at his hand where he's clearly like written this quote it's like wolf said um fields are won by he who believes that he has already won i think the thomas wolf quotation you were looking for was fields are won by those who believe in the winning no no actually that was uh jim wolf thomas's younger brother surprised you didn't know that it's being very very ray like so in the cafeteria um cougar radio comes on and the gang is surprised to hear robbie on the radio and they're like what's he doing um so kim and robbie are debating whether or not high school should have uniforms and kim um unsurprisingly is pro-uniform um because she thinks it prepares people for, you know, a workforce where their standards of dress and, you know, they should have some sort of unity and school spirit. And Robbie um, fights against it and saying, you know, um, people should have this way of individually expressing themselves. And, you know, the, the gang kind of warms up to the idea because it's just, you know, Robbie roasting Kim on air. So like, okay, we get it. Um, and they all kind of have a good time teasing each other about um, the kind of uniforms that already exist naturally within school, within, you know, people having trends, people having cliques. And we see little pockets of people hanging out around the cafeteria. And there's, like, a group of girls in, like, the classic, like, velour-looking hoodies and track pants with, like, ponytails and hoop earrings and so much eyeshadow to the light. Oddly enough, we saw Audrey wearing that exact combo like a few episodes yeah. ago yeah. with the velour and the eyeshadow. Yes, it's it's a collection of Audreys, and then there's like a pocket of like Ed-looking nerds sitting at a table, kind of fighting. Um, but it's it's a fun kind of look around the cafeteria and just banter uh, within the group. And then we get to like one of my my favorite arguments. Um, as as Robbie and Kim are talking, they get more into conformity itself and Robbie says Michael Jordan was the best basketball player because he, he changed the game and he he did things differently and and then Kim cuts him off saying he went against tradition and, and wore a uniform I'm Kim Carlisle he's Robbie McGrath 
And we'll just have to agree that, that I'm right. No, I'm right. Like, don't. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that was like this like amazing mic drop moment. But just yes. imagine basketball if nobody wore uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I. I do wonder if I would have benefited from a uniform in high school because I had no style in high school. I will say it was, I, I did go to a uniform high school and it was nice to not really have to think about what you were going to wear. Like anything was fine. And, you know, we'd all try to like, I, I feel like I had a lot of friends who had like a very strict look where they would wear like just like the, the black polo black pants and that was them every single day. Um but I, I tried to change it up in, like, one of the ways that we could kind of customize our uniform was wearing, like, tights with patterns on them. So I had, like, these, like, really oh. cute, like, black floral tights that I would wear with, with the shorts and the kilt and everything. But it was it was a nice bit of relief, and it made it special. I think it was the last Tuesday of every month was an off-uniform day. Oh, so you cool. could wear whatever clothes you wanted to school. And you would always spot the people that forgot, and you would feel so bad for them. The person that wears khakis and off uniform day, you're like, oh, nobody. Yes. We got a whole month to oh. wait before you, you get this opportunity again. You've squandered it. Oh, no. I know, I know, I'm late. What were you doing on Cougar Radio? We're putting Kim in her place. Besides, I think I recall you being on Cougar Radio. Yeah, but that's me. I'm expected to do dumb stuff. In the radio station, New Music Week continues. The gang gives Robbie some guff for showing up late, and they're kind of asking him, like, what are you doing on Cougar Radio? And he's like, eh, don't worry about it. And so after they finish playing this one song for New Music Week, uh, Smog introduces a new single by Roscoe's own Lily Randall. And Lily gets upset again because I guess they'd agreed that it would be a Shady Lane song, not a Lily Randall song. So Travis is really trying to kind of gently push... Lily out of her comfort zone and, and kind of get her out there putting out her own stuff, you know? Um, I hadn't thought about it on first watch, but we're seeing a resurgence of something we saw in those early episodes where Lily, you know, tries to put herself out there, but manages to be kind of her own worst enemy. And so Travis is trying to kind of help her out of that. Lily Randall? It's supposed to be by Shady Lane. You just can't make important decisions like that without asking me first. We're a team. Yeah, and I don't know if you knew this, but uh, there's no I in team. But there is one in ill-advised and insensitive. He took this move without consulting her, so Lily's upset, and she storms off, and Ray's all protective, and he says, you know what? If you're going to make a decision about Lily, why don't you talk to me first? Which is... I get what he's trying to say, but also, like, uh, you shouldn't decide for Lily. I should decide for Lily. I am bad. I have answer. But it is kind of interesting. It's, it's a bit of an inverse of, you know, conversations that we've seen Lily and Travis have before, um, especially, you know, and kind of like the, the miscommunication plot of Travis not hiding behind things and not being afraid to, you know, be his authentic self, um, so kind of a kind of a flip of that that we're seeing. Our lines are still buzzing about Lily Randall's Don't Tell Me What to Do. Large, you're on the air. The song kind of blows up. People start calling in requesting the song. We get one charming caller who's like, I don't really usually like girl singers, but I like this song. Oh, how blessed we are by this man. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, sir. You have created a victory for feminism. Amazing. 
Um, but we also get a call from Ed and Ted, uh, you know, as the band Entropy, and they're in their <laughs> outfits too. They've got the hats and the they sunglasses are. and are just hanging out in the hallway. Yes. So like, I, I don't know if they were like hoping for like a celebrity spotting of people being like, it's the band Entropy, because they're all dressed up. Lily's song is seriously the best new single since Entropy's. You're so collectible. Which incidentally still hasn't been featured on New Music Week. Then we go to Mickey's where Lily's kind of hold up, studying and listening on her headphones. And Audrey rushes in and, you know, pulls Lily's headphones out, asking if she's heard the news. And she hears that everybody's asking for her song. And, you know, it's a success. So, so far, it's smooth sailing. Lily's single is taking off, you know. Travis has helped her kind of get her music out there, but Ray's still kind of in this uneasy jealousy. So we'll see what happens with that in the second half of the episode. So today in our CanCon commercial break, we are talking about Dark Oracle. What just happened here? Now, Dark Oracle is a show that, like... I remember seeing commercials for, and I remember seeing commercials for them specifically because David Rendell is one of the supporting characters, AKA Ted from RFR. So I would see these commercials and be like, what's Ted doing over there? Um, but it ran from October 2004 to June 1st, 2006 on YTV. It was produced by Cookie Jar Entertainment and Shaftesbury Films. Here's a fun synopsis from the Chorus Entertainment original press release for when the show was debuting back in 2004. The lines of reality blur this fall on YTV with the new tween series Dark Oracle. Premiering Saturday, October 2nd at 7.30pm, Dark Oracle combines live action and animation into a dark adventure that follows the everyday lives of two teens as they struggle to understand the power and hidden agenda of a suspicious comic book featuring their alter egos. Fiction dictates reality as 15-year-old fraternal twins Callie and Lance Stone are plunged into a world of danger and uncertainty when they find a comic book that begins to predict and manipulate future events. As they struggle to stay one step of the dark comic counterparts who've threatened their very existence, Callie and Lance must find answers within themselves to break free of the comic curse. <laughs> Lance Stone is like the most like first name you could think of name I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. It's pretty great. Um... In the premiere episode of Dark Oracle, Callie finds Lance browsing the shelves of his favorite comic book store when she notices the sudden appearance of a mysterious-looking comic. After returning home, Callie finds the same comic book titled Dark Oracle in her backpack. You planted this thing on me. Uh, excuse me? In my knapsack. You put it in there to get me in trouble. Okay, look, don't blame me if you're freaking klepto, okay? When she flips through it, she notices it has mostly blank pages with the exception of one strip at the very beginning. There's just this strip about a character receiving a love note. And basically, she starts to clue in when the next day at school, she receives a love note on her locker. Dearest Callie, I can't stop thinking about you. This is so exciting. Who do you think sent it? I don't know. I, the name got ripped off. There even was a name. Any idea who I wish sent it? <laughs> and 
she wonders if it's from this one particular boy she's crushing on. And this is where I started to notice some really funny similarities with RFR. <laughs> Even though, you know, done by completely different production companies. So Callie goes to gaze at her crush and I feel like an testament to how small the Canadian TV industry is. Their high school school team is also the Cougars and the song that plays as she's gazing at her crush is... Travis and Audrey's love song from Britain and the Stars. It turns out the music supervisor for this series is also Ron Poole, <laughs> who supervised uh, RFR. So he had this one pool of indie music that he really liked to pick from. It. So yeah, it's this show about these two twins who like find this comic book that is like dictating their future. And they have these cartoon alter egos named Violet and Blaze. (laughs) Those are some edgy comic names if I've ever heard any. Oh my gosh. Um, The show was created by Janice Senor, who wrote on seasons two and three of Degrassi The Next Generation and also created Being Erica, which was a sitcom on CBC a few years ago. It was co-developed by Heather Conkey, who acted in The Polka Dot Door and has also written for heartland and road to ab and lee um the cast playing callie stone in a leading role is paula brincati aka veronica from rfr like a few episodes ago yeah just super cool and we have alex house as her brother lance he's guested in things like life with Derek, corner gas murdoch mysteries he voice acted in the a couple different beyblade and bakugan series full gamut and total yeah, uh, he was also, um, I remember the show being out, but I never watched it, but it was like on the Space Channel, I think. He was Todd, the lead character in Todd in the Book of Pure oh. which he ended up winning. Yeah, he, which I have a feeling is probably like similar in some ways to Dark Oracle. I don't know. Uh, it, he ended up winning a Gemini Award for that. And so, yeah, there are these two twins with their cast of supporting characters who are trying to get ahead of this comic book depicting their fate. The end credit song is another song by Blue Screen, interestingly enough. Um, It's actually a really nice kind of like cool moody song and it was kind of cool. I ended up finding a YouTube video of the song because, you know, sometimes the only places you can find these indie bands is if somebody's managed to upload them to YouTube. And <laughs> there were a couple of great comments on uh, on it. So it's called B by Blue Screen. I guess people had been looking for the song for a while. Somebody posted, I heard this during the ending credits of Dark Oracle, I think, and was instantly taken by the melody. Then again, I love alternative and soft rock. Not sure what genre this is, though. The melody is absolutely beautiful. And then someone else posted, Finally! This song make me cry every time I hear it. <laughs> so people are really glad to find this song wow. again. The only other thing I'll show you is, in the second episode, we get to meet Vern, which is uh, the character David Rendall plays. And I just, maybe one of my favorite sentences I've ever typed is I was making my notes for 
this dark oracle segment and what I wanted to show you. And I have a note that says, Goth Ted asks Lance to LARP. (laughs) (laughs) So they're talking about like this computer game that everybody's super into. And Vern, aka Goth Ted, overhears and goes over to join Lance and Lance's best friend Dizzy as they're talking about these video games. Najiracon, right? Yeah. What level you at? 20, why? Yeah, right. How did you uh, kill the vampire horde in level 19? Well, I wanted a challenge, so I used the boots of Osiris to double back and trap them in the landmines. How old are you? 15. Have you ever played a live action game before? It's where you play the game live. Real people, real stakes. <laughs> wait, 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 real, real people? <laughs> we're called the Dark Army, and we're a totally exclusive live action group. Stuff goes on. You wouldn't believe. Goth Ted. Yeah, and this episode goes off the rails. Like, they end up joining this, like, live action LARP thing, and it becomes a cult. Super intense. (laughs) It kind of is a cult. It's funny, even the YouTube comments for this episode. (laughs) There's this one comment in particular. This guy says, Episode two, I find the cringe increased since the last episode. Moving forward. (laughs) And somebody replied to him and just said, Jonathan Mallon was on Wildcraft. <laughs> Just comment here. Right. One of the actors in the show also voiced on Wildcraft. <laughs> that makes me think of when we did um, Big Comfy Couch, and there was that one forum post being like, oh my god, does anybody realize that this is the day that that episode of Full House aired? Yeah. It doesn't make yeah, any it's sense. It's like a random fact. Yeah, no, it's great there's a youtube channel called dark oracle episodes that has collected them all although you can also buy the box set of the whole series wow uh, which is a mill creek entertainment release oh, one mill of my favorite budgetainment uh liter- like a budget entertainment mill of of things they i guess they hold the license to dark oracle <laughs> And in fact, uh, I'll I'll get to that a bit more in the reviews. So reception-wise, um, Dark Oracle actually won the 2005 International Emmy for Best Children's and Youth Program, which is kind of wild, but that's kind of cool. Um, and I do have a couple of reviews from IMDb. This is a review by The Moody Youngest 2 from December 2006. Uh, the review is called Underrated. This is the best show on TV. This show has so much potential. It is really cool and interesting. I am attracted to Lance because he is gorgeous. <laughs> and I love the episodes. They are really cool and enjoyable. Not a lot of people watch it because they think it is stupid when they haven't even seen the show before. It is really good. I was watching TV one day and flicked on YTV. I wasn't sure what the show was, but I checked it out. I saw Lance and I thought he was really cute. <laughs> So I continued watching. It was very good, and I became addicted to it. I can't stop watching it, and I just love it. You will too. Check it out. Not just for Lance, but the episodes, the acting, and everything. I don't know that there was ever a show that I watched specifically because somebody in it was cute. No, like, I probably thought the guys in RFR were cute, but, like, I was definitely drawn in by the the relationship drama. Like... Maybe Life with Derek? Yeah, for Michael Cedar. For that Michael Cedar, but... (laughs) That Michael Cedar seat. Here's a couple reviews from the Amazon page for the DVD box set 
of the series. This is a three-star review. This is an interesting series. It's a review from 2011. Uh, the review says, The first season, they just screw around and nothing is done. <laughs> the second season is better, but characterization varies from episode to episode. The story is pretty unique, combining comic animation with live action. Special effects are pretty good. Another thing that bothers me is that there are necromancers, but they don't do anything related to the field. <laughs> Come on, guys. You went through how many years of school and you're not even applying it? I know. Still, the show is entertaining. <laughs> the, it's, it's the specific use of the word field that's getting me. I know. God, all I can think of is in my head is like an ad for those correspondence schools that have like TV repair and stuff, but just like necromancy. <laughs> correspondence necromancy. Yes, very, very specific private college. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, DeVry really took a turn. <laughs> um, and then the last review I have, it isn't, a, it isn't a review of the show, but it made me laugh. So I wanted to share it. The three out of five stars. The review is called Strange Way to Package It. <laughs> I'm not reviewing the show at all here. It's a great show and is well worth watching, but the set is just packaged so strangely. The DVDs aren't stuck in like normal DVD cases. They are all in separate paper sleeves, which are then in the outer plastic case just sitting there. They aren't Aww. fastened in at all. They're safe from scratching, but still... It's an odd way to package it. <laughs> I mean, I will vouch. I've seen DVDs that are packaged like that. And I hate it. I hate it very yeah. much. It's, it's definitely a Mill Creek entertainment move, I think. Yeah. Oh, we love Mill Creek. <laughs> we love Mill Creek. So we've got multiple RFR connections here, obviously. Yeah. In a starring role, we've got Ronnie, uh, Ray's short-lived girlfriend. We have Goth Ted. And we also have, we don't see him in these first couple of episodes. I think he was only in about nine episodes total. But Nathan Stevenson plays a character who briefly has like a romance with Callie later in the season. So it's very Radio Free Roscoe-y. Wow. Beyond the fact that they are also both the cougars and share the same pool of indie music. Wow. Robbie yeah. out here stealing, stealing Ray's girl. Stealing all the hearts. My goodness. Because didn't he, like, he also played, like, somebody's boyfriend and was it naturally yeah. Sadie? Yeah. Just Canada's heartthrob. Yeah, ab absolute heartthrob of this era. That's Dark Oracle. Honestly, I'd recommend it just to see Goth Ted. He like he kind of steals the show <laughs> and uh yeah it's all on youtube if you want to see it and get some get some moody blue screen music and see ronnie play a character who's not entirely obnoxious and uh yeah more good weird canadian content for your soul i think maybe we should do whoa, something whoa. why are you sitting with her I'm not with her. She just kind of sat down here on her own. So in the cafeteria the next day, we get another little peek at Robbie and, and Kim uh, getting closer, just sitting together um, at a lunch table chatting about how the debate went. And then Ray comes by and Robbie's like, well, we're not sitting together. She just sat down here. And he dips and Kim looks looks very angry and kind of her signature like... There's like a very specific face that Kim does. Yeah, she does this thing with her mouth. Like yeah. it's very like, Ugh. like it's great. 
Yeah, it's it's like a, a very, it's a quiet scoff. Yeah, but she's getting a taste of her own medicine because she's done this to Robbie like multiple times. <laughs> then we get um, Lily running up to Travis in the hallway, uh, realizing after talking to Audrey that he was right and this is actually a very cool thing. And it's all because of him. So she apologizes for, you know, what she said. And she's like, this is all because of you. And she punches him in the arm. Ah, it's the arm punch. It's the arm punch that Ray wanted. That's their thing. So the arm punch of lilial affection. Oh, it's it's a bad sign, my guy. So she asks what they do next. And Travis says, well, marketing, we got to get this into the hands of the people. And Ray kind of walks into the hallway and looks on and is is not too happy at the sight of things. Man, why can't Lily learn to hold a grudge? If Lily did hold a grudge, her and Ray would not be friends several times over. That's a very good point. Ray should be grateful. <laughs> well, today we're talking about clicks. I'll, I'll take, take the, the affirmative. Clicks are like a family. Well, you're not against families, are you, McGrath? We get another Carlisle conflict segment from Robbie and Kim. This time they're talking about cliques and the pros and cons of cliques. And Kim tries to argue that cliques are like a family because you're always accepted. And Robbie's going on about how they're elitism. And soon enough, it starts turning into jabs at each other. Like, Kim makes reference to the fact that, you know, sometimes people act completely differently when one of their friends shows up. And Robbie's like, well, maybe they've had that done to them before. So very thinly veiled jabs at the way that they're treating each other because they obviously like each other. There's chemistry there. But, you know, they they really make a big thing about how, oh, we're from different grades. We cannot, we cannot befriend each other. Robbie also makes the point during their debate that you know, cliques can kind of get into your head and influence your opinions too much. And he says, well, sometimes you just want to say, don't tell me what to do. Like that new song by Lily Randall. And then Kim roasts the song on the air. And Robbie says, I can't do this. Lily's my friend. If you want to be my friend, you would give her song a chance. And the two of them kind of, you know, leave it at that. He storms off and and they're both pretty miffed. Anyway, Audrey, um, do you ever think that, uh, I don't know. Maybe there's something going on between Lily and Travis. We go to Audrey sketching in the cafeteria, and I feel like Audrey's so, like, effortlessly stylish. Like, she's so pretty. She's just kind of sitting, chilling, drawing in the cafeteria, and Ray decides to stir shit up. (laughs) And Audrey, you know, trusting her boyfriend, says, you know what, no, like, they're friends. They're working on stuff together. Don't worry about it. And... You know, Ray can't stop freaking out about it. Meanwhile, we go to Lily and Travis, who are looking at, you know, posters and cover art for Lily's album, and we get this weird little moment. All right, I've never seen a bad picture of you. What are you talking about? It's because you're not looking at my flaws. My arms are so skinny. My nose looks weird. Look it off, Lily. You're gorgeous. And we just get this moment where Lily just kind of looks at him. You can almost, like, hear a little heartbeat, like, boom, boom. And, uh-oh, what's going to happen? Oh, jeez, oh, man. And just remember, our most requested song of the week, Don't Tell Me What to Do by Lily Randall's on sale now at Mickey's. Everybody's buying Lily's single at Mickey's, including Ed and Ted. And a long line of people are buying them from Guitar Face, who's, like, into it. He's like, yeah, cool. We go back to the radio station where Ray suggests that they all go out and hang out. 
together and he emphasizes so, that so no, no one's alone <laughs> no one's no, alone no alone time for anybody here <laughs> no alone time for anybody but travis says no we, we can't lily and i have more work to do and he's like the, the song's out Travis like it's the stars the start of her music career um so robbie and ray initially leave and uh lily and travis kind of start thinking about strategies Lily's like, I was thinking maybe I should wear my, my bandana on stage. And Charles is like, no, I like your hair flowing, which A, is it's a weird thing to say to a friend. And yeah. B, it, like he he takes the bandana off himself and like pushes his hands through her hair. And then Ray yeah. walks back in and he's like, I knew it. I got <laughs> you. I got you. You guys are secretly dating. And they're like, no, this is this is just a song, Ray. He's like, really? And And I'm just an idiot? Oh. Okay, um, and he, he kind of goes to step out. Ray, come here. Now get out of here, we're working. And she punches him in the arm, and he's like, yeah, I got my arm punched. He's like, <laughs> visibly happy. They <laughs> did it, I'm back. But he's still like, angsting. He like, leaves, and we get this montage of Lily's song, and like, Ray's kind of like, leaving and he turns to go back, but then he keeps going. And meanwhile, Kim's actually listening to the song in Mickey's. And Robbie comes over. We don't hear them interact or anything because we're in a montage, but it's a nice moment. We, we see that she's smiling and enjoying the song. And he's, he's happy to see her taking a chance and actually putting in an effort. Yeah. And it, it, amidst the, the relationship drama, we get like this one part of the montage where it's just ed and ted kind of like slowly grooving out in an empty hallway (laughs) and it's beautiful it's pretty great but then we go back to the station back to lily and travis Uh oh Uh oh what could that mean (laughs) um so she's just kind of thanking him for you know everything that he did he says that producing this single might be like his favorite thing that's happened since he moved to Roscoe and she's like well this has been amazing and you've so much confidence in me and that's such a big deal I mean I can actually see now that there might be a future for me in music I wasn't so sure before so thanks I wanna tell you. and she goes she gives him a kiss on the cheek but then before she pulls away, they look at each other and they kiss. They kiss for real skis. Uh-oh. No. No. I just feel so bad for Audrey. I know. <laughs> Audrey yeah. didn't deserve this. Audrey, they they did her wrong. They really did. They really wow. did. Audrey was just a, a cool person who liked drawing in space. Yeah. And Lily is supposed to be her best friend. What the hell? No. That's messed up. So we end the episode with them just kind of staring at each other in horror in the aftermath of having kissed. Uh-oh. Drama. Yikes. And with that, we end that episode. You know, Lily's put out a single, but she's also possibly tanked her best friend's relationship. Ugh, yikes. And, uh, and, you know, Ray's finally put his fears to bed, but it turns out they might just wake up again <laughs> and kim and robbie what's going on with them i don't know are they frenemies are they dating who knows what's, what's going on so what do we have in mickey's discs today over in mickey's discs for this episode we've got guest list by branson 
Get Away From Me by Mike's Sister, Randy Anderson by Imperial Public Library, Pet Song by Young Ideas, and Record Collector by The Planet Smashers. But of course, most importantly, we've got Don't Tell Me What To Do by Lily Randall, produced by Travis Strong. Don't tell me what to do. Yeah, song of the episode has to be Don't Tell Me What to Do by Lily Randall, which, you know, when you're watching, when I remember, like, watching this in the original run or, like, when we were younger, it's, like, such a perfect angsty song. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's one that sticks in your memory really clearly. Yeah. But uh, an, an interesting start to Lily's music career and an yeah. interesting turn in uh, our kind of love triangle all of the the relationships within um you know rfr not even between you know we're talking about travis and lily and ray and audrey but also a lot of progress before robbie and kim and yeah. kind of growth there so it's uh, it looks like we're we're gonna see a lot of um kind of drama happening ahead we've got two episodes left in this season and a lot that we've gotta resolve if you're not already, you can follow us on social media. You can find us at Podcast Free Roscoe on Facebook and Instagram or Pod Free Roscoe on Twitter. You can also send us an email at podcastfreeroscoe at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the show, what you think of our far, any of our CanCon segments. And if you want, feel free to send us a voice clip. We'll make sure to put you on the air. So for now, this is Podcast Free Roscoe signing off. <laughs>